0: Welcome to The Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hilary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we're going to talk to a specialist and musician located in Helsinki, Finland. He's known as a versatile musician uh, with a master's degree uh, from in music from the Sibelius Academy. He plays the saxophone and recorders with the Guards Band. They're the official representative band of the Finnish Defense Forces that perform military and state events, such as state visits and the Independence Day's reception at the Presidential Palace. He's also appeared with various Finnish artists as a saxophone player and singer. He's performed classical music as a soloist with various symphony orchestras in Finland, chamber music and saxophone quartets, and early music ensembles as well as various improvisational groups. When he isn't performing on the big stages of Finland, he also performs at personal weddings, parties, corporate events, as well as teaching at the Sibelius Academy. Today we're going to talk to him about uh, how we can change the perception of a recorder uh, from an instrument young children use to torture their parents and teachers to a popular, a popular soloist instrument that is just as easily equipped to be successful as a saxophone or electric guitar. Please welcome Hiro Sanamaki.
1: Thank you very much, and thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, our listeners might notice that Hillary's not here. She had a little conflict, but that's okay. We'll hold the fort down with her. <laughs> so, yes. Uh so I guess the basic of course is we always want to know like your musical background do you come from a musical family Uh
1: well not exactly my uh my parents uh are elementary school teachers Okay so so there's uh, and of course they like music and they uh they like to sing and they like to listen to music and and they are kind of this pro culture Kind of people and humanists, but but there are no uh, professional musicians in my family.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And so, when did you get started uh, interested in music and deciding that's kind of how you wanted to head your life into?
1: <laughs> well, th- th- that happened when I was twenty years old, but <laughs> because I, because I had I had I, not, I had other plans before that. But but uh, when I was three years old. Uh, my parents took me to this music music play school uh, in Tampere, uh, which is the uh, kind of the second largest city of Finland, where I was born. Uh, and in the music music play school, we started to play the recorder when I was four years old, and and then it, it was kind of this really basic orf kind of uh stuff that we did there like an hour once a week and then when that thing ended when i went to elementary school when i was seven years old uh then kind of the leader of the music music play school said that 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 i had some talent and i should apply to uh, a conservatory or music school to to start recorder playing as a hobby Wow, and so I did, and and I, and I got into the music school, or the Tampere uh, conservatoire, where I started to learn the recorder at the age of seven, and then took uh, on the the classical saxophone at uh, when I was twelve years old, and then during my teenage years I also went to a it's kind of pop band school or, or jazz band school there in the conservatoire. And in in high school, I, I went to this uh, high school, which um, they had this kind of line for arts and, uh, and cultural stuff. Um, but so I, I did this various kinds of music styles and genres with, with different kinds of people and with different instruments and with, with singing and I went to a choir and and so on, but I never thought that I would be a professional musician. I wanted to be a journalist, a music journalist maybe, or something like this. Um, but as it happened when I, um, I did my matriculation examination and then I uh, was about to apply to university to st- study journalism. Um, I got this uh, job as a recorder teacher in the same conservatoire that I went went to in, in Tampere for 12 years. And I taught there for a couple of months. Like twenty hours a week or something, so i didn 't really read to the uh, entrance exam of the of the university and <laughs> so I missed my chance to become a journalist and uh, and then then I went to the military. we have a compulsory uh, military for males in in Finland, which lasts for uh, six to twelve months okay. and then you have a possibility if you 're a, um, a music hobbyist or a <clears throat> Um, of being learning an, an instrument for for quite a while you can apply to this uh, conscript band and then I heard about this this conscript band and and I went there and I stayed there for for nine months and um, in about like halfway my military service there in the in the band uh, I discovered that that I want to be a professional musician mm, and I think okay. that was partly because i I was I was quite talented when I was young playing the recorder and saxophones and, and, and playing the piano and singing and, and doing all this stuff so I didn't uh, have to practice that much okay and uh, and I think I learned my skills by by playing and performing and meeting new people and, and kind of swimming there uh, in the big picture. But there in the military when it was more structured that, that you had to practice in your own little practice room for like two or three hours, somebody told you to now practice saxophone for three hours. So so maybe that 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 kind of lit a lamp uh, over my head that okay so so if I if I do this practicing thing then I get better in this and and then this might lead to something. So um So then I applied to Sibelius Academy with with the recorder and saxophone and also to the music education department and then got in with the recorder. Uh, But on the first semester, uh, I got this call from a saxophone teacher that, uh, why aren't you attending my lessons? And I was like, (laughs) well, I I didn't get in with the saxophone. I got in with the recorder. Yeah, 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 but, but you are listed here in my student list. So somebody had arranged a kind of a side instrument deal with him. I think he had some, some free space in his class or something like this. So then I got uh, lessons in both instruments with recorder okay. and saxophone. And then I made diplomas in both uh, during the 10 years I spent in the academy. And in the middle of my studies in 2004, I got this uh, position in the guards band as a saxophone player, and, and I've been there like over 15 years now.
0: Oh, cool. I mean, that, that answered one of the questions that I thought of, is like, did you have to go through a whole basic training uh, to be in the guards band, or was it more of like a um, you were skilled enough as a musician that they just needed someone to perform?
1: Yeah, the system nowadays in the military bands, uh, they used to have different system that... That that included more of this kind of uh, military training and and so on. But nowadays um, um, it's almost like the same as in symphony orchestras. So okay. so they have a position open, and then there's an audition, and the best one wins.
0: Okay, okay. So they. Had- and it's a
1: military position Yeah, it's a military position, but but the people working in the in the military band are all professional musicians. So it's always like music first, and then comes to military stuff of course military stuff is uh, is important and uh, you have to do some basic military courses during your career but uh but still we have the radio symphony orchestra here in helsinki and then we have the helsinki symphony orchestra and then we have the guards band so okay. we kind of uh, want we kind of want to connect with the uh, with the other professional orchestras in Finland. We have also uh, I think we have five other uh, military bands at the moment, professional bands in here in Finland.
0: oh wow, okay, okay. yeah, so what was it about the recorder that really kind of grabbed your attention? because I mean like i I joked about uh, you know in America, we hear the recorder, like we see the little kids bring home these plastic recorders, and parents kind of, you know, they they go, "Oh no, here we go," <laughs> you know, like, "Oh no, what's going to happen to my ears?"
1: Yeah, so. it, it's the same everywhere. It's <laughs> the same also in here. It's the same in Europe. It, it's uh, my life is kind of this that that I I hear this every time I say what my profession is. I I hear this. There are also people that that. Well, when you play the recorder and the saxophone, you kind of, uh, uh, and you meet new people, then, then you can, uh, you can choose what instrument, uh, should I, you know, you know, should I say to that new person that I, that I'm a professional in. <laughs> so you have, have to kind of, uh, um, uh, check out how the person would react if I say that I'm a, Hey, I'm a professional recorder player and the, uh, and then the new person would be, well, but that's impossible. But if I say, hey, you know, I'm a saxophone player, then, oh, wow, it's great. You play the sax. Yeah, right. So um, so my life is kind of full of this explaining that, that yeah, the recorder is a real instrument. And yes, it bothers me that I always have to explain this. Right. But then, uh, it really gives me strength that, that when I perform and people hear the recorder for the first time, Played by a professional, so that really opens their eyes and ears mm. for the instrument, and they they usually just love it because they have they have never heard it played, you know, properly.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, but but for me personally, why I kind of chose the recorder, I, I didn't choose the recorder. That was my first instrument. I I I, I never wanted to stop. It just always stayed there. I think when I started to play the saxophone when I was 12, I think that that instrument had helped me kind of get through the teenage years or or something to have an kind of alternative to the uh, maybe a bit nerdy uh, recorder stuff. But then I remember in high school I played the bass recorder in uh, in some school festivals and and so on. So I, I wasn't ashamed of that instrument even. Even then, I don't know. I'm I'm this kind of I'm this kind of skinny person with uh, with short <laughs> fingers, and uh, and recorders can be very little, and and you need this kind of uh, very good coordination with your fingers and uh, I don't know. I I like the archaism that that belongs to the recorder. There are no keys. There there's no nothing. the the um, the contact is very straight from the human to the instrument. Right. So I think that that's something that I like. And now as a professional I have like I don't know 20 different recorders. So wow. so the world is kind of uh, it it's huge and and I should buy recorders all the time so so uh <laughs> to ex- expand my views and and kind of we have this this thing as as professional recorder players that that we want to if we perform perform uh, renaissance music we want to uh use uh copies of renaissance instruments right and and the same goes with baroque and then then there are all these transposition stuff and there are, um, you need recorders in different pitches and then there are modern recorders with, with which you play the modern music and so on so, so the variety of instruments is it's just overwhelming so when i go to perform i don't have one plastic soprano i have like 10 (laughs) usually 10 recorders which uh most of those are handmade and 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 some of those are factory made so so that's a that's a thing that that really really fascinates me and and maybe it's also uh as a child you don't think about those kinds of things you just you have an instrument and and then you play Mm -hmm. but but then when you realize that 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 in your teenage years or something when when you've, all your friends stop playing because it's they just don't want to do it anymore and then you big then you continue and you start to wonder why I'm I I'm, I'm still doing this maybe it's the thing that that you're a bit different you are kind of the only one and that I like that feeling I I want uh. to be kind of the uh, the, the the one exception uh, <laughs> And, and and maybe it's it's partly i i want to stand out a bit and if you're a recorder player you you must you must you must want that because if if you're kind of a, the shy recorder player then then it doesn't get you anywhere you have mm-hmm. to be bold and, and 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 powerful to uh to promote yourself and your instrument and your your business
0: yeah that's that's kind of an interesting uh dichotomy i guess is you know that you have to be and bold in yourself and be proud of what you're doing. You know, whereas everyone thinks, at least the people I know, think of a recorder as a very kind of um, introverted instrument. It's a very small, private uh-huh. instrument. Uh, you know, so
1: yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that I I've been um, talking to the European recorder professors or the uh, the European kind of recorder stars that that um that they uh, the the people who perform in front of uh, symphony orchestras or big baroque orchestras here in Europe so um i agree with those people that um that if we want to promote the recorder in in the best possible way we have to go to the biggest stages that mm. are available to us and that's something that i've been doing here in finland now for the past 3 years since I commissioned this concerto by uh, concerto by Jukka Tiensu, who is one of the uh, the most famous uh, composers here in Finland, uh, so that was kind of my ticket to get uh, in front of the almost all the symphony orchestras here in Finland and, and go to the uh, go go to the big, big halls. Of course, I like chamber music, and I I like I like every kinds of kind of gigs and and, and events. But I think still, uh, when you bring the recorder to the stage that that you usually uh, has a violin player or a piano player playing a, a Mozart concerto, that's really kind of a, for the audience. It it it's really something different, and and that's something we we must aim for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely changes um, the perception of it at least too. Uh, mm-hmm with at least audiences who are maybe not as educated the recorder for audiences, especially, you know, I think it's good to have that change. And I think what the one thing I really didn't know uh, before talking with you previously on like Instagram and stuff was that there's such a huge range within the recorder family. You know, I usually think of like, Oh, well, there's, you know, there's the usual soprano recorder that we're all used to seeing maybe something a little bigger, but that's all I could think of, you know?
1: Yeah. There's there's the medieval ones, and there's the Renaissance ones, and there's the transitional ones, kind of, which fit in, in between the Renaissance and Baroque models. Then there's the early Baroque models, and Baroque models, and then uh, the recorder's cousin, the Chacon, which was played in Vienna in the 1850s or 40s. Okay. And then there are the, the modern recorders, which were invented, in the, uh, like in the last fifty years or so, and and then when you have these in different sizes and different pitches, then you get your one hundred recorders record collection.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I watched a video you just put out on but, your YouTube uh, where you talked about the bass recorder and how yeah. there's you know a version that you like to play. And then there's a a, a version with a, a a vocal or a vocal, right?
1: Yeah. So the uh, um, the recorder that we talk about as a as a bass, like as you talked about the soprano and alto, and then when we go lower, there's the tenor and the bass. So the bass is just the uh, the highest instrument of the bass recorders. Oh. So there's first this this uh, small bass or the basset, which was featured on the video, but then there's uh, a contrabass and a subcontrabass, and and so on. And, and the biggest recorder in the world uh, is uh, is a three uh, meter tall renaissance recorder which is built by Adriana Boykink, this uh, Dutch recorder maker and I also have this uh, um bass recorder in F and that, that's a really really wonderful instrument for of course some ensemble music playing because you get this really warm and wide sound of it, but uh, those bass instruments also work really great in contemporary stuff and for the improvisational stuff. Yeah, well, the variety is, is huge, and uh, and about the uh, audience, I uh, I like kind of uh, I I really like talking to the audience and uh, kind of uh, educate them in 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 a, in a nice way by playing but also by telling about uh, about me and my instruments and my profession and so on because it's so it's so rare we have like uh 30 maybe 30 40 people here in finland who have their masters in in recorder playing wow. and i don't know may, maybe 20 of those are uh, people who are active in teaching and then there are 10 to 15 people who are active also in playing so so it, it it's really a really a tiny proportion of of all the people in here and globally of course it's the same
0: now that's yeah yeah i was trying to think if i knew anybody else that might be you know uh as passionate or at least a, maybe an a amateur recordist you know but no i mean the only ones i can think mm-hmm. of uh you know most of the people that i might have thought of were already in Europe or something and I'm sure there's some in America but
1: (laughs) yeah I think I think there's in America there's this culture of of amateur ensembles and and there are kind of these um, maybe elderly people who have uh, also maybe a, uh, a certain amount of money who who buy these handmade recorders from from american recorder makers which are really good i also have, have some of those recorders but yeah i think the tradition of uh, of this consort or ensemble playing in recorders that that's really uh, uh that's really happening still uh, in in uh, in the uk and then in the states
0: i know some of the things with the recorder We know you know we have seen At least I feel like in America, there's this idea that it's just a very kind of, you're going to use it for either Baroque or Renaissance music. um, But you are a huge proponent for using it, even like advanced techniques and using it in very modern Mm -hmm. uh, ways. How do you go about um, breaking into that, breaking that kind of stereotype apart and showing the dexterity of the instrument?
1: Um, when I was studying, I was given the first contemporary pieces, maybe on my on my second year, uh, and I was really intrigued by those because I I haven't hadn't at that time I hadn't been playing any any kind of those extended techniques or nothing nothing of the sort, and uh, and I really liked that stuff because you could also uh, it gives you more abilities because if 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 Mr. Bach has uh, written a D, then you have to play the D. But mm-hmm. if somebody has written uh, a multiphonic or or some or some some like graphical notation or something, that gives you more flexibility for the performer to do whatever the performer pleases, and you don't have to kind of um, uh, you need to push yourself to the limit, kind of in your own expression, and not just practice with the metronome to get the the notes and the intonation right so maybe that was something that I uh, uh, I discovered that that worked for me and then I uh, I started to commission uh, works in 2004 here in Finland and now I have I have premiered like over 30 works for recorder also uh, three concerti and the next uh, concerto is coming next year by this Finnish composer called uh, Kalevi Aho. So, so uh, contemporary music has been a huge deal for me, and uh, and partly because I, I fell in love with the contemporary stuff in in my uh, years of study, but also because uh, the uh, the professional players in Finland who are a bit older than me, they have they all play early music mostly. So the kind of uh, there wasn't really space for me to, mm. to kind of get gigs in, in the baroque orchestras or uh, or this kind of ensemble because those positions were already taken by the others. So, so I thought that, okay, I like this contemporary stuff and nobody's doing this, so then, okay, I'll start to do this. And that was a, a, gr- a decision that I made like 15 years ago and now it started to... Uh, to bear uh, fruit also in the in the baroque stuff, because uh, when I got this Yucatianso uh, concerto for me three years ago, I I thought that it might be possible that in in some point I could uh, be featured as a soloist of an, of a symphony orchestra without contemporary music, or just playing baroque, and that happened a couple of weeks ago with the Lahti symphony orchestra where I just played a Telemann. C major concerto and that's it. Wow. So that was kind of my way of of uh, to uh to become a, a baroque recorder player but through uh contemporary music.
0: Okay, okay, you kind of went through the back door rather than.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I still don't work that much with the uh the kind of the low pitch ensembles or okay. so low pitch orchestras here in Finland. Um <clears throat> Yeah, maybe maybe it's just uh, uh, because i i play saxophone which is a a, a modern instrument or uh, uh, so so i know a lot of people who play the modern instrument so i don't collaborate like in my my daily life that much with the early music specialists although i know them and i i occasionally play with them but but kind of the the modern musicians are more more my my gang maybe <laughs> be, be, because of my just you know just for practical reasons Right, I, like, right. I, I like all people, of course. The people who play in 4.15 <laughs> and people who play in four four two. uh
0: I understand that. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of your favorite kind of advanced techniques or, I guess, non-standard uh, recorder techniques? Uh,
1: well, I like the multiphonics very much because they are quite easy to do with the recorder. So you just find uh, a suitable uh, fingering and then you blow uh, kind of a bit too much and then you get a really nice (laughs) multiphonic. And then of course uh, the recorder is famous for its uh, uh, ability to articulate very fast and and with a variety of articulations. We have this we have all, all these different articulations, and then when you overdo them in the contemporary kind of manner then you get these really nice sounds. What else? Maybe the glissandi. I like the glissandi very much because the instrument doesn't have any keys so I can do like two octaves of, of glissando. Um, And, and and that would be,
0: sorry, that would be achieved by uh, move, sliding your fingers up and down the body of it or. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. My fingers. And, and when there, when there's this uh, kind of register break, then you have to, do uh, this small trick to to achieve kind of the uh, the feeling that that the that the glissando still goes on. Oh, okay, but, okay. but it, it's possible. Uh, and then there's uh, the, we have this this thing in the mouthpiece which is called the labium, which is the part after the uh, kind of the air canal that the uh, the airstream comes out and and that's the part of the recorder where the sound is is produced so when you put your hand over the labium then you can play with the sound straight with the sound so so you can make different kind of vibrato and then you can make different kinds of uh, glissando and then when you close the labium always uh, almost completely then you get these squeaking sounds And then I've been doing quite much of this uh, improvisation stuff with uh, with beatboxing, so so in beatboxing I, I use the uh, the articulation of sputato, which is this very hard tongueing called straight uh, straight to the uh, to the mouthpiece, and then I use uh, flattertunge or frullato combined with that, and then combine uh, the labium stuff and combine the glissandi uh with a, a tenor or bass instrument so then you get this uh, one man band kind of uh, feeling with the recorder and i think that, that that's really something <laughs> Yeah, I, I have this. I have made this uh, document for for composers that that list every one of these effects that are playable on the recorder. So uh, when I start collaborating with with a composer who doesn't know about these things that much, I'll always first send the document, and then I I'll send some uh, sheet music and and links to YouTube or Spotify. That kind of uh, uh, a basic package for for <laughs> understanding the recorder and 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 then uh then we'll meet for the first time and then of course I'll play uh play out all the effects and and articulation and stuff mentioned on my document uh so the composer gets gets an image of uh, of the instrument and of course I I always put uh, in in the basic kind of link package, I always put on early music too. So it's mm. it's not just I I don't want to, I have this kind of a stamp on me that I'm just a contemporary music player, but 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 I'm not. I'm I play music. <laughs> I, I can play like, you know. And and the recorder is an instrument. It's not just an early music instrument. Of course, it's historically that, and that that's a very important part of it. And and there's no denying it. And I love it. But but still, I like to consider recorder as an instrument uh, w- which you can play music on. So so uh, we, in the guards band, I've I've played also in, in, in church concerts with a wind orchestra, and I've played uh, with a pop band, and I have played with a, with a horn section of a of a jazz band wow. on the recorder. And so so uh, uh, it's all possible when you when you um, when you just get the right angle to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so of course you can't do you can't do any you know everything with the recorder, but but with the right sized instrument and with the right microphones, for example, <laughs> when doing pop and stuff and and so on. Then then it, it's really it's really nice.
0: Do you find that these
1: techniques are easier
0: on certain in- sizes of the recorder or? Um, are there some that it's just like, it's super difficult to do on a different recorder?
1: Mm, no, I think they're quite similar. Uh, okay. Some of the effects work better on lower instruments. Let's say like multiphonics sound much nicer and warmer with the uh, with the low instruments. But of course it's possible to do them also on the higher ones. So there's okay. um, no, I don't. I think the recorder players have maybe their own kind of favorite sizes of the instrument. So the basic recorder size is historically the alto recorder, and and I'm not a fan of the alto for for some reason. <laughs> I, I I don't know why, but I like the the very small, the soprano or the sopranino. I like those very much, and then I like the low stuff, okay, like the bass and the big basses and the tenors and and so maybe that's partly because i played the baritone saxophone in the wind orchestra so i'm oh. kind of used to <laughs> double the timpani <laughs> <laughs> that's my daily job so so, <laughs> so maybe that's partly but partly big, big uh, because of it but uh, but no i i think those uh, all of those effects work uh on different sizes but but some effects work better on, on certain sizes than you know others.
0: Yeah. Do you think that your um, the experience you had early on with the with the recorder helped you when you finally started learning saxophone? Um, maybe embouchure or at least uh, technique abilities.
1: Mm yeah I think maybe some finger dexterity or this kind of stuff or breathing which is the same in in both instruments and uh i don't know saxophone has this fingering system like like the german styled recorder that you just lift up fingers um, I don't know if if that had that that, that much of an uh that much help for me with the saxophone. I don't know. I was very eager when I started the saxophone. So, so the uh, I remember that the uh, the teacher tried to kind of slow me down because he handed me some some music and then I I just went on and on and on because <laughs> I played the recorder for a couple of years. So I just thought that I do everything, but because the saxophone playing has an embouchure and recorder playing doesn't. Okay. Uh, that's a huge thing that you have to learn, you know, first. So finger dexterity—that that's another thing. But, but the embouchure is uh, is more important, I think, at least in the beginning. And uh, and nowadays, uh, I try to kind of do all my stuff periodically, if mm-hmm. possible. So like two weeks ago, I was a recorder soloist, and then this week I premiered a piece. For saxophone quartet and wind orchestra, with, okay. uh, and I played baritone saxophone. So I've I'm not being playing the recorder this week, but then I have another gig in 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 like uh, twelve days with the symphony orchestra and with the recorder. So now I'm just practicing the recorder and not the saxophone. Okay. <laughs> so so you have to choose because it, it's very different to play baritone saxophone. It's mm-hmm. very kind of this uh, physical. Uh, sometimes brutal instrument where you need power in in your lungs and, and and diaphragm and also in in the fingers and playing the sopranino recorder which is any feather <laughs> in <laughs> your mouth so so it, it's very different but I think st- still is a nice combination uh, at least uh, the lower saxophones because the embouchure because you you need a, a, a proper embouchure also on the baritone but it's not that's hard to to not play for a couple of weeks of baritone saxophone and get back to baritone saxophone playing, like compared to soprano, mm-hmm. which is always really really difficult. If you miss a day of practice, then then you are out of here.
0: <laughs> you start from the ground up again. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So the com- yeah, and and also uh, the uh, the lack of embouchure in the recorder playing. Uh, helps really really a lot in this kind of double instrument stuff
0: oh I'm sure I'm sure yeah do you have now do you have anything coming up um let's see early December
1: uh the sixth of December we usually have this uh, independence day ball here in Finland, okay. Uh, which is hosted by the president. And then our orchestra is always there playing some background music for the guests and it's all televised. It's the uh, uh, the most popular TV show of the year. Half of wow. the nation watches it. Uh, but this year, because of COVID, um, uh, the regular stuff is canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's my kind of... Uh, my moment of the year because I I'm leading the uh, the the pop band which plays downstairs the, in the end of the evening the dance music to the uh, to the president and the guests, and that's kind of the uh, uh, the high point of the evening, uh, but that's cancelled now. So so mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going to happen this year. Okay, the sixth of December. And then we should have uh, some Christmas concerts with our orchestra with this. Uh, she might be the f- most famous soprano, uh a Finnish soprano called Karita Mattila, who has this great international career. Okay. And we were really, really lucky to have her as our soloist, but with COVID, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. At this point, we are having those uh, concerts, but... Um, But after the Christmas concerts, the next big thing for me is is autumn 2021 when I premiere the Kalevi Aho concerto for Recorder and and chamber Orchestra. Okay. So I haven't really been promoting myself or or being that active in, in getting new concerts or new collaborations or gigs because of the corona, because it's you never know what's going to happen right. and then you if you if you process uh, lots of your your time and effort and then it gets cancelled then yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i've I've been i've been taking it easily and and kind of uh concentrating on the basics and concentrating on maybe you know the the big stuff that's going to happen in a couple of years or something this kind of big planning or or something right and and i'm just kind of and also enjoying enjoying the life that, that i don't have to go to this rehearsal and then go teach and then Come home to cook food, and and then try to practice, and then try to listen some music, and you know this this normal hectic life. Now mm-hmm. I just I, I go to the forest and I, I go for a run, and then I practice and uh, I, I make a video and 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 do some collaboration and, and do planning, and it it it's a bit different, and and it it's not that bad, it's not that bad. We, I, I yeah. think uh, um, it, it makes you th- it makes it makes you think the the value of 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 your of your free time and then also the the structure of your everyday life that um that how you how you should divide your time oh yeah and i yeah yeah so i think it's of, not all that bad
0: yeah i think if there's any good thing to come out of Covid is that it might help people reassess the importance of what is going on in their days um, mm hmm I know for me, it's been great because I get to spend the day with my kids and we yeah. go through school and I get to spend time with them. Um, I get to actually see who they are as a person rather than, you know, someone that I saw in the morning for five minutes before I went off to work and then yeah. right before bed when I got home from work, you know, so yeah, it's good. I don't have to just look forward to vacations to reconnecting with my children.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Well, I know as a composer, um, you know, you sent me the, the booklet that you made of, of techniques mm-hmm. and, and videos and stuff. And it was instrumental and really amazing um, uh, and mind opening. You know, um, mm-hmm. if there were any composers that were listening, uh, what were some things that you would really um, ideas that you wish to pass on to any composers that might want to compose for the recorder? Uh, but are kind of stuck in this mindset of like Baroque or Bach and and things.
1: Yeah, I think Baroque and Bach is a, is a very good starting point, uh, like in terms of the uh, of phrasing and, and intonation and articulation and this kind of basic stuff that that the recorder also has. But then um, I think a composer could uh, consider recorder as not just one instrument like the alto but but more um because the amplitude is is not that that not that huge so for for one piece one composer might need three or four instruments and and that's fine okay and then the composer just needs to come up with the angle that that how to use uh the the sounds of of these uh, different different types of, of instruments and then uh, one mustn't consider that that recorder is a is a weak instrument with with no skills of expression it, it's not like that it's a it it's it's a bit less than the modern uh, flute or clarinet or saxophone like this but but maybe not that much mm-hmm. in, in the end so it's a woodwind instrument which uh, which has more of this kind of historical background, which is visible nowadays also, but but the difference between recorder and and other woodwinds isn't that huge, so uh, it's not. It can be a school instrument, but but it's it it's not just that. Oh,
0: cool, cool. I like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, and also about the. Um, uh, <laughs> There are many traditions like considering the other woodwind instruments and of course there are traditions when playing early music on the recorders which is which is a good thing it's really a great thing that we have to and we want to do uh, uh, <clears throat> this historically informed performance practice which is which is a huge thing in in early music in general but I think uh when a recorder player commissions Something recorder players don't think about the history they they don't have this kind of uh, uh, limits uh, in in their mind, and the recorder players are very very open minded to to anything that that composers want to present to them uh being it. A piece full of effects, or a piece with no effects, or or something in between. So uh, I think, as a, as persons, because we are so kind of alone in this world, we professionals, so uh, we easily uh, get in contact with each other and get in contact with composers because we need new material. We always need good material for for ourselves. And we are very eager and open-minded to get it. And and it's quite easy to find professional recorder players nowadays from the internet, from YouTube, Instagram, whatever, and get in touch and just ask.
0: Yeah, and look up your YouTube where you talk about these things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing this uh, more of these YouTube videos now, uh, maybe partly because of COVID, Uh i've invested uh, some money to uh, to new camera equipment uh, um my first idea was just to you know I, I have a photography as my hobby so i just wanted to level up my gear but then i um <laughs> then i as i had a bit of free time uh, in the spring and and my gear is quite nice so then i thought why why not share my ideas on YouTube uh, most of those videos uh, at the moment are in Finnish but I'm working on doing the English versions also there are a couple of uh, those in English at the moment and of course there's the uh, uh, one recorded youtuber who is uh, who is really popular her name is Sarah Jeffer and she lives in Amsterdam and he has uh, she has a uh, over 100k subscribers at the moment. Oh wow, okay. So so she has a lots of information for professionals, maybe mostly amateurs, but but she talks about everything. She has done done YouTube videos for many years. But I'm just starting. <laughs>
0: That's okay. I really enjoyed
1: the video, so I think they're great. Yeah, and I'm, and maybe I have a, a a bit different angle than than Sarah. So so and 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 I have a, a different personality, and I don't and I'm not a native English speaker. And you know, there are lots of uh, small things that that divide uh, YouTubers from from one another, yeah, uh, or recorded YouTubers or, or whatever the field.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I could thank you again for for inviting me to this podcast. And as I uh, as I told you earlier, I'm very eager in like giving information about the recorder as an instrument and recorder players as as human beings, and and kind of uh, these open-minded humanist thoughts about music and life. And and it's great that the I think the, in some ways the recorder scene is booming, at least here in Europe. Although it's, we are not in the big scene yet, but but I think the uh, the young professionals, the uh, the standard is really high nowadays, and it, it's it's rising all the time, uh, and people are uh, finding themselves um like as as recorder playing uh, artists and sharing their music online which is great nowadays and also giving lessons and uh, uh via zoom or skype or whatever and then, then doing concerts in in all kinds of uh situations and uh, and ensembles and and it's great that 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 it's the 2020s, and and sin, still some young players consider the recorder player uh, the, the recorder as an historical instrument, and just that, uh, or mean that, and that that's great. And then there are the the more uh, well, on, on some other people who consider that the recorder plays, uh, is just a contemporary or this improvisational freak instrument, and that's fine also. <laughs> and and I'm something in between. And, and it's great that that we have this kind of instrument that that has so many sides. Like compared mm-hmm. to the uh, uh, to the other woodwinds, like or 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 compared to the violin or, or piano, where everybody has to play a certain concerti in 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 certain tempo or certain style or or certain whatever. So we don't have this burden. So we can kind of invent the instrument again in this millennium, in millennium ourselves. So I think that's great. We are shaping the future.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Iro. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great. Thank, to, you. thank you. It's been great to talk to you and to uh, discuss the, the recorder and all its facets. I love it.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm so happy that I got this invitation again. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to
0: everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com well bill i think i'm gonna go have a beer now hey there you go